let the record show that I, Marika Jane Austen's danger, have achieved a triumph. The best mushroom risotto that these two mouths have ever enjoyed. Emily just got back from refilling her bowl. It is an excellent risotto. I'm very pleased with it. I will be eating this in the middle of it. Please excuse that. No, rice mouth! I'm sorry, but it's really good. <laughs> okay, you can have one more bite. No! ASMR. The ASMR never works. Okay, now you're canceled. It has to sit there in front of you in temptation. This is so rude. Until we finish. Marika made us such a nice dinner tonight. I, like the brat that I am, was like, hello, I haven't done any of my research and also I, my tummy hurts. Would you please make me a mushroom risotto? And she rose to the occasion like a goddamn soldier at war. Thank you. The circumstances were almost the exact same. <laughs> Anyways, this is Pantry Staples. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods. And I'm Emily. And I'm Marika, the kind of person who cooks to get out of a annoying day a funk you know just a little funky i said no more bites <laughs> it's really unfortunate that we do record these directly in front of each other so you can see i can see um um would you like to know what we're talking about today i would we're so speedy wow look at us i know right down to business i'm a business bitch today um today we're going to talk about eggs benedict <gasps> incredible but we're mostly going to talk about hangovers <laughs> because what is an eggs benedict besides a cure for a hangover sure yeah yeah let yeah, me tell yeah. you where we got that from wow speeds 1894 the world is ablaze with new ideas is this the civil war is this benedict arnold there's no way no way of knowing what i don't know what benedict arnold is what is that an arnold palmer riff it's a benedict no okay eggs benedict originated <laughs> in the waldorf hotel in new york when some hungover Wall Street stockbroker type rolled in and said, fix this mess. <laughs> and his name was Lemuel. Yeah, that's right. Lemuel. Lemuel? L-E-M-U-E-L. Lemuel Benedict. Oh. oh. He had a bit of a night. I assume quaaludes. I assume coke. I assume far too much scotch for the average man to handle. Scotch, yes. Did they have any of the other things in 18-whatever? There's no way of knowing, but I assume cocaine has been around for much longer than we oh, think it has. Oh, cocaine, absolutely. But quaaludes, I don't know. I don't even know what a quaalude is. is. Jinx. <laughs> um, I'm only mentioning it because it was in Wolf of Wall Street. I never finished it. It's bad. I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Cancelled. Anyways, Lemuel Benedict was hungover out of his goddamn mind. Eyes red. Mouth dry. Brain pounding. Poor LB. Poor LB. He went in. He's like, give me two poached eggs. Give me some buttered toast, crispy bacon, and some hollandaise sauce. I'm going to fuck a bitch up. Except not at all because he's too tired. He's way too tired. Probably the whiskeys of the Dixies. Yeah, whiskeys of the Dixies. Thank you. So he puts this all together and he's like, "Mm, solution time, baby. (laughs) Which honestly, when you find something that works for you. Don't you feel like a hero for your own self and others around you? I do, actually. Mine is like hash browns with poached eggs and holidays on top. So it's like almost a Benedict, but mm. I don't I'm want vegan. toast. No, no. okay. Well, vegan, there's eggs in It's it. fine. I don't know anything about veganism. Um, anyways, mine, for the record, is eating um, any sort of a breakfast sandwich. Will do. Oh, yeah. That's and hamster, st- hamster sips of sparkling water. Yes. yes. 
God, as I've told many times, <laughs> it is the only solution. That's why, that's why I will assert that Gatorade works is because it forces you to do hamster sips. Put the spoon <laughs> down. Mm-hmm. We're just going to edit this out. It's fine. I'm not going to edit it out. Anyways, you know who we're, loving, who we're dealing with here at the Waldorf. It's our pal, Oscar. Oscar. Oscar of the Waldorf. Our He's around. Friend. It's been so long since we've seen him. So long. I thought we'd see him more, but unfortunately... We got too distracted. (laughs) We've been very much detoured this entire time. So Oscar is there and he's like, hmm, what's this motherfucker up to? He sees this toast, these poached eggs, hollandaise and bacon going out. And he's like, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. That exact dish, but different. (laughs) So then he's like, hmm, Canadian bacon and English muffins. Grand. Puts this all together. Names it after this hungover ass stockbroker man. And now we have a true classic. Do we know why he made those switches? No. There is no reason to know. Should I look it up right now and will I prove you wrong? No. no. Okay. Genuinely. <laughs> I know I said I haven't done any research, but I did look. Like, they, they, he made the switches. I'm not really sure. I think it was probably personal preference. Huh. Or just, like, what they had, like, what they had to use up. I guess. Which always kind of makes sense. Or I honestly feel like the toast is too... Crunchy sometimes. Toast is the wrong choice. Toast is the wrong choice. Biscuit is the right choice. I love a biscuit. I hate an English muffin. I don't love an English muffin, but I don't hate it for Eggs Benedict. Mm, I I love a good English muffin, but there so rarely is a good one. Agreed, agreed. But I feel like the circles with the circles with the circles. Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously why it works. Circle, circle, circle. Anyways... So this is one story. That's what the Waldorf wants you to believe. That's what Oscar wants you to believe. May I interject with a tangent about the switch from bacon to bacon? Yes. Sophie was telling me the other day about her, like, friends of friends who are from America who were having brunch at the pub. And they're Mm -hmm. like, yes, like, we'd like the Benedict. But is it possible to have it with, like, regular bacon instead of, like... Canadian bacon, or maybe, I can't remember, maybe they weren't even having a Benedict, because now that I've started saying this, like, Benedicts are usually with the circle ham. Yeah. But I think that they were just having, like, a regular, like, breakfast like arrangement. arrangement. And they're yeah. like, could I have bacon, but could it be, like, not Canadian? And they're like, yeah, like, we also have bacon bacon. Like, strip bacon, yeah. It's like, Canadian bacon is just, like, a different, f- this story is going nowhere. I appreciate but, that you told me. I really don't like Canadian bacon. Like, I'd much rather have the strips of it. Like, thick, nice, like, ooh, yeah, that's the stuff. Even on a Benedict? You know I'm not a huge fan of a Benedict. I am I'm not, not aware, aware of this. this. Hollandaise sauce makes me sleepy. I can't have it in breakfast time. Every time I have it, because I keep trying, because I keep thinking it's a classic. I love it. They make it sound so good. Anytime they're like a smoked salmon bunny, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that sounds great. There's so many good variations. Every time I have hollandaise in the morning, I feel like ass for the rest of the day. It's just too much for my tummy. Actually, you know what? It's not even my tummy, because it's not like I have a tummy ache. It's like I'm too sleepy from it, and I always have to go to work after I eat it, and I'm always too tired. I have long... Well, maybe not that long, but recently become an advocate of that there should exist half Benedicts. Hmm. Because one, especially with like potatoes and everything else, is it's often, way too much. It's so much food. Yeah. I completely concur. A half Benedict makes good sense. Okay, please continue with the second origin story. Oh my gosh. So anyways, this one, it's interesting. We'll talk about 
my thoughts on the two stories mm. after. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second story is Delmonico's. Ooh. A Manhattan classic. They say that they invented Eggs Benedict in their ovens in 1860. So that puts us about 34 years before the Waldorf. Okay. This was by their chef, Charles Ranhofer. This was even published in his cookbook, Eggs a la Benedict, in 1894. Hmm. And it was said that he invented it for these regulars, like, came in, this couple. They're like, we've had everything on the menu. We hate it all. What can we get? (laughs) And he's like, let me blow your fucking minds. And then he whipped this up. I don't know. It seems kind of sketch because Delmonico's claims to have invented many new restaurant ideas. Of course. Including using the term restaurant. What? Having printed menus. What? Using linens for table, like, cloths and napkins. Have they heard of Europe? Yeah, uh-huh. Also, they also claim they were the first people to have women work in the restaurant. I thought... Uh, didn't we already talk about that being the Waldorf, or was that just female kitchen staff? I think it was I female kitchen remember. staff. Anyways, the long and short of it is they seem like they got a lot on the go. Who has time to be inventing the term restaurant and also inventing <laughs> Eggs Benedict? The only kind of credence that I will give to this is the fact that Oscar of the Waldorf had previously worked at Delmonico's around this time. Intrigued. So the year that he was said to have invented this signature dish was also the year that Ranhofer published his recipe. So it's not clear where it kind of came from. Right. And it's not clear that like maybe Oscar stole it, maybe Randolph uh, Ranhofer stole it like we don't know but like these two things are happening in the same city kind of at the same time potentially coincidentally potentially not right, right. so that's fun that's fun it's and maybe this is just a question for like the broader thing of this series and why we're talking about it but it's like does that even happen anymore like how often are we creating new dishes like this is the thing and it goes back to my other egg episode which is the egg mcmuffin where Mm. it talks about like we're just not inventing new recipes in the same way that we were people are not interested in like or maybe it's not even that they're not interested but it's not as feasible to invent a new recipe completely from scratch we're looking at execution exclusively we're looking for like okay how am i going to change like the fundamental components of a traditional dish to make it something new. Yes. As opposed to like, let me slap new things together. I don't know. Is that just an indication of like the broader scape of our culture now where everything is just like, as we jokingly say on this podcast, a riff on a riff? Like, I don't know. Is that just postmodernism to like its disgusting nth degree where we can't even invent a breakfast food? My mom's always like, well, there's no new ideas anymore. Like, there's just riffs on old ideas. And I kind of feel like that's what this is. Is like, we're now at a point where we're not really seeing brand new dishes. Like, okay, do you remember the other day we went to Bar Susu and they're like, uh-huh. what are we serving here? We're serving an incredible hash brown with, like, McChicken sauce. But, like, it's our version of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a delightful dish. But somebody spent time designing how they could make that dish there at that restaurant to, like, this elevated level. They didn't spend time coming up with a new fucking idea yeah Yeah. that's not going to become the next it's not the next egg mcmuffin it's not the next eggs benedict it's not the next mcchicken even like ugh, mcchickens (laughs) truly so good that sauce it does slap and also we had a great time bar susu so no shade there um anyways yeah no it's that's the long and short of it i think that we're coming up again and again is that like it's it's hard to make new ideas it it's really tricky yeah 
And like, I'm not fucking doing it. So somebody else should. (laughs) Yeah, fair, fair. Anyways, the hungover Wall Street stockbroker, Lemuel Benedict, Mm -hmm. he refutes the Delmonico's claim. Because that would mean that he doesn't have a place in this history. Of course. Wait, so, he's, I guess, yeah, and he's around to be like, um, excuse me. Yeah, he did an interview in for the column Talk of the Town in The New Yorker in 1942 that said it was his hangover that started this craze. He did, however, state that he hated English muffins being used instead of toast. He said, quote, English muffins are unpalatable no matter how much they're toasted or how they're served. So lots of things going on. I guess we agree with Lemuel. Yeah, apparently. Well, you know what? I've always suspected that you and I are basically stockbroker bros. Hungover stockbrokers? Yeah, stockbrokers. Yeah, that was very good. Anyways, now we have a third potential origin story. This one's the oh least likely. Okay. I know. I love the mo- the least likely are the best ones. Truly. So this is another claim of ownership from a man named Edward P. Montgomery on behalf of Commodore E.C. Benedict. And he wrote in to the New York Times food columnist Craig Claiborne in 1967 saying that it was his uncle's friend, so the Commodore Benedict, who invented Eggs Benedict. However, his hollandaise sauce called for an addition of hot, hard-cooked eggs and ham mixture. Ew! Seems gross. gross. That's actually in my notes. Seems gross. Like, like a even worse version of uh, Thousand Island dressing? Actually, that sounds like a better version of Thousand (laughs) Island to me, but okay. How dare. I actually love Thousand Island dressing. Yeah, Yeah, of course. It's a fucking classic for a reason. (sighs) I want ketchup and hard, weird cooked eggs yeah Ugh. <laughs> anyways so basically the origins of this dish are unsubstantiated but i would like to go with oscar just because i think he's the cutest he is the cutest so that's what we're going with we're also going to then assume that this was in fact a hangover cure because that's what it seems like to me like this doesn't <laughs> seem like the kind of dish that was invented for two crotchety middle-aged rich people who'd eaten everything on the menu this seems like a cry for help like that's what this dish is honestly that's what fucking brunch is yeah Yeah, brunch is just a cry for help that's why we serve booze at brunch Mm -hmm. tear of the dog my dude you need it so i'm gonna tell you some famous people's hangover cures and then i'm gonna tell you some historical hangover cures. incredible so first off we have to start with gwyneth gwyneth paltrow did you see the most recent like parody interview or video or whatever that she made where in it she's pretending to cook human flesh it's very fun does she know it's a joke Yes, she's the one making the joke. Goop can make jokes? I know, I didn't think so as well, but apparently. Anyways. Hmm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah. So anyways, Gwyneth recommends the extremely attainable hangover cure of going to a Korean spa or a Turkish hammam. If not, she says, have a one minute cold shower and then a very hot Epsom salt bath. If you just don't have access to a Turkish hammam or a Korean spa. If you don't have Turkish hammam in-house, yeah. store-bought will do. Exactly. Daniel Craig thinks that you should drink Pedialyte. That's my thing! I know. But you drink it before. I think you have to double up. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't like the taste. I think it makes my tummy upset. It's so yucky. <laughs> I think I just did a bad rip. I think you did too, frankly. And I don't want to call you out for that, especially after you made this incredible risotto, so I will... Call away. Hmm. Next time, do better, please. Okay. Um, Cameron I'll mix Diaz. it with sparkling water. Oh, you know, that was honestly the issue with it. Like, the amount of times where I just want to be like, I don't want this. It's still water. <laughs> like, it's juice. You're like, no. No, I need it to sparkle, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Diaz, she eats an Egg McMuffin and she drinks a beer. Julia Roberts drinks champagne and then also carrot juice. Oh, 
Oh, I like that. I'm obsessed. I think that's the solution right there. Probably. I should try that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's hard to get carrot juice. <laughs> From an accessibility standpoint, in terms of finances, I think they're both equally as difficult, but like, sure. Because like, we're not drinking Prosecco the morning after. That'd be just... Prosecco would be too sweet, but any other like brute, like traditional method. <laughs> um, Kate Hudson recommends having tomato juice, fresh fruit, avocado, and lots of vitamins. Girl, like I know, <sighs> fuck off. Tomato juice, I do agree. I mean, it's based. That's why people have Caesars. I don't like a Caesar. But tomato throwback juice. to the time when we were in Whistler and I was too drunk to or too hungover to eat literally anything. The only time that's ever happened in my life. Oh, it's the worst feeling. I honestly thought I was gonna die that day. <laughs> and then, like a champion, I attempted to stand up paddleboarding regardless, and immediately fell in the lake. <laughs> probably helped frankly honestly thank god i didn't lose my phone that was the real trick um nigella lawson prefers what is called a prairie oyster this is my favorite thing i've ever heard a mashup of egg yolk tabasco worcestershire sauce and vinegar and brandy swallowed in one gulp i've heard of these yep i'm obsessed honestly the only thing wrong with that in my opinion is the raw egg yolk honestly i don't hate that the most i just i don't know what it is but like and we should, I don't even know how this didn't come up with our egg talk last episode, but mm. a raw, like a whole raw egg or like a whole, the yolk is frankly the worst part to me. That's insane. It's obviously the white that's grosser. I just, you know what it is? I know the texture of the yolk is going to be so like thick. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I disagree completely. And then the, the yolk with the oyster it, there's no actual oyster. It's it's a prairie oyster. So it's just egg yolk, Tabasco, Worcestershire, vinegar, and brandy. Oh. So it's like almost like you just whisk it all together, I think. Do you whisk? I feel like you don't whisk. I feel like you don't, but we could for you. I don't want it anyway. That's fine. Um, Paris Hilton, quarter pounder with cheese and fries. Hello. Rihanna, ice cream and Chinese food. Oh, ice cream. Honestly, ice cream ice is it. Yeah. Oh, the it amount- brings your body temperature down too because I feel like I'm always sweating the night yes. after. Yes. Oh, popsicles actually more than ice cream is my. Yeah, you gotta get that sugar juices in you. And you can again hamster sips. Hamster sips. <laughs> um, Zelda Fitzgerald, oh, wife of the most iconic alcoholic, the poor queen. Um, truly, likes to go for a morning swim, which I kind of love. Oh yes, cold. I mean, it's like a cold shower. Exactly. But they didn't shower in the twenties. No, it was the closest you were gonna get. Lady Gaga likes to have a croissant the morning before a night out. Which, like, who has that kind of planning is the real question to me. What? I don't know when I'm going to have a tear. What? I know. If rumors are to be believed, Prince Harry will drink a strawberry milkshake. Which also sounds great. I hate a strawberry milkshake. Ugh, wrong. Love it. Um, Hugh Grant, spaghetti bolognese. Sure. Why not? Carbs. Truly. So now we're going to go to some historical hangover Ooh, periods. yes, 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 yes. Which I think are all fucking nuts. Of course they are. Like, Everything, all cure, historical cures for anything are... Absolutely batshit insane. Um, okay. Ancient Assyria, so it's present-day Syria as well as parts of Iraq, Iran, and Turkey. Oh, what a crazy time. What a crazy time. I know. Oh, oh my god. You goodness. ready? Yes. It's ground up beaks of birds <gasps> mixed with myrrh. Which is the fragrant resin of the comifora tree. Yes. We well, know myrrh. Yeah. Myrrh. Myrrh. Um, anyways, so beaks and myrrh. No. Um, oh, is it? No. Is it chunky? No, because it's powdered. 
Because they grind it like they're using a mortar and pestle. Do you mix it with like wine or water? It didn't say, but I would assume that there's probably a little hair of the dog going into that too. Okay. Ugh. Horrible. All right. I get power. All right. Okay. It's it's the Pedialyte of the Assyrians. Horrible. How dare you? Well, um, Mongols from the era of Genghis Khan took it a step further. They prescribed a breakfast of two pickled sheep's eyes. <gasps> I prefer Genghis. Just kidding. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Thank you. I was like, fuck, is that really how it's pronounced? That's the first thought that went through my head. I'm like, I can't be made fun of again on this <laughs> podcast for this shit. No, I hate Genghis. Genghis Khan. Please. Okay, well, that's um, what we're using now. Sheep's eyes? Pickled. <sighs> I guess it's better Although, than raw. Apparently, this is still used. But now it's chased with a glass of tomato juice. So it's known as a Mongolian Mary. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that, but I'm obsessed with it. Like a, a Steps oyster? Doesn't work as well. No. A Steps Caesar? No. Yeah. Mm. Anyways. It's got a better ring. Okay. Yeah. Gross. Uh, 17th century England, we have author and herbalist Nicholas Culpepper, who advised stuffing the nasal passages with the juice of the ivy tree. What? Yeah. yeah. How do you stuff know. with a juice? I don't know. This man also thought he could cure disease with astrology, though, so we are the same person. <laughs> um, and also both wrong. Puerto Rico. Some would-be revelers opt for preemptive measures by rubbing a slice of lemon or lime into their armpits the night before boozing. Oh, we should try that. That sounds easy. But apparently you're only supposed to do it on your drinking arm. So if you're just going to hold your glass with your, like, left hand, then you just do your left pit. Even easier. I know. Only you know what I mean? Exactly. Just a t- you go to the bar before you order your first drink. You're like, I'm actually going to need a side of citrus before I get my drink. Like, and then, Ooh, hang on. Hang on. Let me just get up in there. Honestly, seems attainable. Also, um, just like smells fresh. Yeah, yeah truly. Probably a good help. Uh, P.G. Woodhouse, the author of Jeeves, one of the most excellent characters. I love those books so much. I think they're friggin' excellent. Ask Jeeves? Yeah. Like Jeeves the butler. Have you read these? They're so fun. I only know Ask Jeeves, the search engine that no longer exists. Oh my God. PG Woodhouse is incredible. Okay. I think I have some of his books if you want to borrow because they're really fun. Like, um, basically the guy he works for, is it Bertie Wooster? Yes. Uh, he's a mess and Jeeves needs to fix all of his problems constantly. And Jeeves just does it with like such a cool, like, yes, sir. It's already been handled. So it's like reverse Amelia Bedelia? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. They're really fun. You should read these. Anyways, P.J. Woodhouse assigned a hangover cure to his most famous fictional creation, Jeeves, uh, of Worcestershire sauce, raw egg, and pepper. Okay, so prairie. Which is like a prairie oyster. So that was like kind of, I think, the origin of that. Anyways, so this is in the 1916 short story, Jeeves Takes Charge. He says, gentlemen have told me that they find find it extremely invigorating after a late evening. So that's cute. Also, just like love the idea of your butler being like, let me get you Just like here. And also like maybe it's a bit of like a prank to be like, oh, you look like you're having a hard time, sir. And like making them drink something gross. Yep. Yep. And then I also wonder, it's like with some of those gross things, like is it just to make you like throw up so like you're... Honestly, I kind of think that's probably it. Like just get some of the poison out of you. (sighs) Anyways, so that's very similar, like you said, to the prairie oyster, which was invented in 1878, by the way, at the Paris World Exposition. Yep. Ancient Romans, pretty hardcore. Uh, Pliny the Elder said they like to fry up a canary and eat it for breakfast the morning after a bender. So raw oiled eggs and sheep's lungs were another favorite of the Romans. We can't leave. First of all, the fact that you um, (laughs) pluralized Pliny the Elder—not pluralized, but gendered Pliny the Elder as non-binary with the use of they. Oh, love. (laughs) 
Yeah, why not? <laughs> Secondly, just a whole canary, like an like Ortolan style. I think it's Ortolan style, which makes I, it makes me obsessed with it. It's just fat. That's the fat that's doing. That's the thing. Well, all of these are like either a way to make you throw up, a way to get like vitamins to you, a way to get electrolytes to you, or a way to get fat into your body to slow the breakdown of the alcohol or slow the absorption. I should say. Sorry. And salt, so that then you drink more water. Exactly. Like. That's what these all have. That's the science. Or they're just mysteries. Like some of these have no real way. <laughs> like the sa- the all or the IV juice up your nose. Like that's obviously BS. It's just like I don't know. It's just like fuck around and find out. Yeah. Is the name of the game. Um, another iconic hotel uh, suggestion: 1930s, the Ritz Carlton in New York served its post Blitz patrons a glass of Coca Cola and milk. Wait, separately or mixed? Together. Ugh. So then they take a little nap, but afterwards you feel wonderful. That's what they're, the bartenders there claimed. Why would you nap after? Okay. All of it sounds horrible. Yeah. But I think the point is probably the nap. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, 17th century England, physician named Jonathan Goddard sold a product that he called Goddard's Drops, which were comprised of powdered human skull, dried viper, and the spirit of hartshorn, which we now is ammonia. We are sorry, now know as ammonia. Anyways, how many of those agree? Like the ammonia is probably the only thing that's real. Like there's no way there's actual powdered human skull in it. Yeah. Do you want to know what kind of human skull it needs to be though? Because it gets worse. Oh no. That of a person who's recently been hung. Uh. Apparently King Charles II swore by them. Wait, what year is this? This is in the 17th century. Okay. It makes more sense. Truly horrible. <laughs> um, I guess you had more access to hung skeletons. Skulls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, lots to unpack there. Um, Calado de Cadron, or bull penis soup, is the national hangover cure of Bolivia. Apparently, it is a penis served whole, about a foot and a half in length, so quite the show when you get this out, simmered in rich concentrated broth for about 10 hours, pieces of lamb, beef, chicken, and boiled egg are added, along with rice and potatoes. It's also considered an aphrodisiac and said to cure back pain. So... Again, the egg is the worst part. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong. Um, okay. You're, you're welcome. A favored cure in medieval Europe was raw eels for breakfast. And in Portugal specifically, the standard hangover cure was to eat a lamprey, which I guess is not actually an eel, but anyways, boiled in wine in its own blood. Now... That's all the historical ones. Our most recent suggestions. People have attempted to outsmart alcohol with the so-called anti-hangover pills, such as Chaser and Alcohol X, which taken before a drink supposedly helped the liver by absorbing toxins. 1997, a South Korean businessman developed Dawn 808. Dawn stands for drinkers are winners now. A canned tea-based drink made for, um, from alder leaves that claim to accelerate alcohol breakdown. Is it true? Could it be? Could it be that we finally cured the hangover? No. <laughs> so that's what I have to tell you today. There are some ambiguous origins to the Eggs Benedict. We love, we stand, we're here for it. We're like me, we're sleepy after we eat it. But again, maybe that's the point. So you have a nap and then your hangover's gone. I honestly think that's kind of it. The real issue is that I'm never eating Eggs Benedict hungover. I'm all, well, sort of, sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, we can't make that kind of claim. How often? Anyways. It's not what you order when you're hungover. What I order, order when I'm hungover. But it's also just like, I never have time for a nap when I'm hungover. I'm always going to work. <laughs> because we drink on school nights and then save our weekends for meditation like winners. That's not true. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's not. It's not not true. Not true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Anyways, that's all I got for you. I'm going to eat a bite of my risotto now. Okay, fine. It's allowed. Um, you. It's allowed because it's loud. No. Oh my goodness. Off mic. See who play. Sorry. I, what do I even have to say to this? I feel like, I, f I think that I relate to this very much because I'm definitely the type of person that like tries to like eat my way out of a hangover. We've said it a million times. It's. You snack until you feel better. Just, it. and it's, and it's time and a little bit of snacking. The other uh, hangover cure that I feel like we didn't really talk about is pho or ramen. <gasps> yes. Which. I agree with, but also after that one horrible, horrible hangover at your apartment where we had fun, I was so ill. I couldn't eat it for like a very long time. That is definitely the one that I swear by because it is giving you liquids mm -hmm. and salt mm -hmm. and protein. Mm -hmm. Car it's, it's everything. I know, I know. And it has an egg in it usually, which is really the main thing. Like ramen. I've never had pho with an egg. Not pho, ramen. Oh, you're talking ramen. I'm talking pho. Anyways, but ramen would also do the same trick. Yeah. All of it. Yes. So that's the best. But also, I guess Eggs Benedict will work too. I just... Hollandaise. Oh, it's a bold choice. I love Hollandaise. It's I... good. It's not like I'm against it taste-wise. I think I see it as the cure. Interesting. I just love eggs when I'm hungover, actually. I love a yolk, which I know you disagree with. I don't 100% disagree with. Bacon and egg this week was so good. Um, Amy brought two up, one for me and one for Tim because we were sitting upstairs doing inventory. And it had like our toast, our bacon, and our eggs. And then I just ate Tim's bacon. And I thought about lying to him and being like, it's weird, they didn't do it with any bacon this week. And then I was like, ha ah! No. Sucker. I love it. Um, well... <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I hope that if you have an excellent hangover cure or something that works for you, please send us a direct message on Instagram at Pod. You could also follow us there. Um, Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your foes. Yes, we are on all the places that podcasts are found, as you know, because you're listening. Um, also, just like hope that these wonderful tips will help you going into the busy holiday season ahead. True. Because... That's kind of why I thought about this. I was like, we need to talk about what to do in the case of a hangover because everyone is most likely to be hungover these days. And even if it's just like, oh, it's late. I can pull through. Like, just go out. Just get yourself an Egg McMuffin. It's the modern day Eggs Benedict. It's true. You deserve it, babe. Yeah. And have two hash browns. Fuck it. Eat them all. Have it for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, goodbye. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Meow. Yeah.